So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life. The only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details. Hello, and welcome to Everyday Connection with your hosts, Rico Shields and Jean Victoria Norlock. Bringing your inner life to your everyday life. Welcome, everybody, to this July 17th, 2013 episode of Everyday Connection. I'm Rigo Shields, and off to my north, the little ways, Jean Victoria Norlock. How are you, Jean? I'm not on anymore. It's exciting. That's good. Big rainstorm. I know we said we weren't going to talk about weather, but... Yeah. Oh, come on. We're I think everybody's feeling it, so I, th- I might as well mention it. Um, yeah. yeah, it's good. Apparently I'm, a heat wave going on up there in the north in general, because uh, several people have mentioned the heat. And, uh, yeah, you know, down here, down here it doesn't bear um, mentioning, but, you know, apparently. It's only us folks like me that are new, because... You know, we're all wearing shorts, and, and, and by, by we, I mean the gringos, as they call us. And um, we call each other that. And uh, we're all wearing shorts, and we're carrying little towels around with us so we can wipe our foreheads. And the folks that grew up here are wearing jeans with rubber boots, long sleeve shirts, and a hat. And I'm like, you, you, what, ha, what, we better? Because I just don't get it. <laughs> It's just a testament to how easily the uh, human body can adapt. Once you live there long enough, man, you'll you feel the same way. I mean, the, I think the only reason that I, I'm not wearing jeans in this weather right now is because we have so many crazy seasons. So by the time my body adapts to the heat, it's time to be cold again. Cold again. <laughs> yeah, it's cold again. <laughs> yeah. Well, they, going on, but um, they have wet, dry here, so you know. Or they don't call it the rainy season; they call it the green season because everything's green. But it's because it's raining all the time. It's why it's green. So the rainy season and the high right, season. and that's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I, you know, I, everything's green here too. My garden's finally producing vegetables, which is really exciting. Um, update for our listeners on the the um, organic pesticides. Um, tobacco tobacco tea is working so far, and to add to the tobacco tea, a friend of mine told me to put used coffee grounds in my soil to combat the slugs. So now I've got tobacco tea and coffee grounds going. So two things that are super bad for you. <laughs> Throw them in your vegetables. Um, and of course, Honestly, we have those two things because you know, we like them. <clears throat> Super bad for you. Come on. Now. <laughs> I 
really like coffee. Um, so I was going to say, I've seen you with no you coffee. Get, it's not for- it's it's not a good thing. No, if you Me can too. get, of course, always recommend organic coffees and organic um, nicotine, like organic tobacco. Better if you can grow your own tobacco plants. Grow a couple of tobacco plants yourself and use the leaves and boil those. Apparently, it not only works better, but it's of course better for you than the tobacco that you're going to buy out of the store. But if you're finding yourself stuck and you only have access tobacco from the store, go ahead, grab it, make your tea out of it. And there is also an option which I found. Um, apparently is like the saving grace for organic growers everywhere. It's it's an oil uh, out of a neem tree. It's called neem oil. And you can probably get it at every garden center that you can get access to. Um, so I would look that one up online because apparently it works for almost everything. Yes. So, N- you know, I mean. Double, N-E-E-M, neem oil. Right. One doesn't, and that, that's, it, so I would expect the spelling to, pronunciation. You would what? I wouldn't have suspected the spelling from the way that's pronounced. That's why I spelled it for everybody. Name. Yeah, well, yeah, it's it's, it's strange spelling, but um, it's like manna from heaven, really, when it comes to organic farming. So if you can't or don't want to use tobacco tea, you can't grow your own, you want to go, like, organic as possible, you, you can't grow your own tobacco bushes, right now that's okay look for the neem oil uh everything that i've seen online and everybody that i've talked to so far says that that's your it's a big one so neem oil neem oil neem oil and for for those of you who use aromatherapy oils another one that works really well apparently for spider mites um you can use rosemary oil diluted i think it's 50 50 or something like that. I would look it up, rosemary oil, and what it will do, it'll kill your bad bugs, but it actually helps the good parasites that feed on your bad parasites. It feeds them, so that's really cool too. So, you know, I mean, Google's awesome, but it this stuff, so we're trying it as we go, and so far, like I said, the coffee grounds have been tried. The tobacco tea has been tried, and it's working, so... Well, that's what's awesome about our listeners is because it. just as, as soon as you post, as soon as we talked about that, people are like, ooh, get some neem oil. Ooh, try this. So it's just awesome the way y'all chime in. We love that. Yeah. Uh, Jean and I need all the help we can get. Well, I do, anyway. <laughs> Jean will tell you, I need lots of help. It's organic, it's organic growing, what? Um, I've been in the city for years and years and years. This is all new to me. But, um, yeah, it's exciting. It's Exciting to go in and to have my breakfast um, in my lawn. <laughs> really walk outside, water my vegetables and meat while I'm doing it. So that's very cool. That's awesome. I, like I do want to give. I want to. I want to be selfish and, and uh, give a shout out to uh, Bob down at the Road Shack Deli in Uvita, Costa Rica. He has been a wealth of information and 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 guide and friendly fellow, and, and is an incredible sandwich maker. The sandwiches down there are awesome. Of course, I think Marlon makes most of them, but uh, Marlon was teaching Bob how to make sandwiches the other day. Bob says, mostly I know how to pour drinks. He used to have a bar. But um, he's got these 
he's got an incredible vegetarian sandwich. He's just incredible stuff. So if you ever come down here to visit me or you just come to Costa Rica, there's your sandwich at the Road Shack in New Vita. And that's the closest we get to a commercial tonight. He's been a huge, <laughs> no, he's been a huge help. I had to, you know, come on. No, totally. Well, I mean, but it did. So As I said, the end of that, kind of, you know, at the road shack in, right? in Vita, I was like, I sound like I'm doing a commercial. What is? <clears throat> but, but that's the best kind of commercial. Just like the products that we try from guests who make them and they send them our way. I mean, that's the kind of product I want to talk about and and promote is the stuff that we've actually experienced. So yeah. Well, yeah, and, and it made has me been the organic. The organic thing made me think of it because um, he serves. Organic French press coffee at his deli. If you ask for a cup of coffee, you get a little French press with about two and a half cups in it of um, uh, organic coffee that's grown right up the road. He knows he's been up there. Knows the guys at Madre Tierra that grow the coffee. Pretty cool stuff. Yeah, and for all you people buying Costa Rican coffee in the grocery store in Canada and the USA, just a little secret for you: it's nothing on the coffee that they actually keep in Costa Rica. <laughs> we can this stuff and sell um, the rest. <laughs> that's right. So if you want really good reading coffee, get on a plane and go to Costa Rica. That's all, that's all I can say. It's, it's not even comparison. It really isn't. I, I've drank both, and uh, I'd fly back to Costa Rica just to drink their coffee again. <laughs> There's that. Yeah. Should we it's talk to our guests? Sure. Maybe so. Do you think he passed the patient's test? Second time, you know. Of course, first time well, he was on mute, laughing the whole so. time. And because, uh, you know, we try our best. Laugh's good. But uh, we have back with us tonight an incredibly impressive musician and just an extraordinarily impressive fellow, Brian O'Neill. How are you, Brian? Hey, guys. It's good to hear from you again. It's just good to be back. Wonderful to have you. Great to have you back. Absolutely. Well, I know that first interview was so, uh, the first interview was a doozy, and I loved it. So uh, this should be um, very interesting tonight. Well, we do try to keep things lively, uh, and you know, just so normally I'd ask who you are, what you do, but I'm just going to give a quick once over uh, for our listeners who who might be hearing about you for the first time. I'm going to cheat, really. And uh, read your okay. bio, sort of. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Brian just had a birthday, by the way, for everybody listening. So everybody say happy birthday to Brian because he just had a birthday. Um, happy birthday, Brian. Now, uh, thank you, thank you. <laughs> You're officially a young man. Extraordinary today, individual. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, I'm couple. No, I'm a couple years away from young woman. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I'm working. I don't mind aging at all. I'm a couple of years away from it too. It's in the rearview mirror, but you know, hey. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm still young at heart. That's all that counts. And that is totally all that counts. Uh, for our listeners who don't know, Brian, um, not only an amazing musician, but he's also the founder of the Dew Foundation. And it is a nonprofit organization that helps homeless individuals, families, and children realize or regain a life of self-sufficiency. And we love that because it's like literally you're not doing 
for them, you're doing with them. So you're you're helping them to find their feet again, to you know, giving giving them back their power, so to speak, and and allowing them to to get back on their feet and start walking, um, which is awesome. Won a few awards, haven't you, for your work? Um, I, I love this. Brian is our change maker of, of 2013. <laughs> yeah, cool I was kind of surprised to get that award. Very surprised to get that award. I guess I don't, I don't look forward to any awards, but it's nice to have the recognition because it really helps to uh, push the cause along. And we all know about you know awareness being one of the most important things uh, with any cause. But uh, with the Do Foundation, we we really stand behind doing things. You know, we understand the cause. We we understand, you know, what it means and, and who's in need. But until you actually get out there and do things, uh, you're not going to see much of a change. So that's that's really what Do Foundation is all about, just getting up and doing something. And the, and the DO, just for those that might have missed our first episode with you, the DO actually has a dual meaning besides just do something, the DO Foundation. It is also uh, some initials, I understand. Yeah, my late grandmother, Daisy O'Neill. You know, so I, I named it after her. So, yeah, you're right. We got a dual meaning. You know, we got that action verb that says to do. But uh, it really means Daisy O'Neill. She's the one that got me started on all this. Must be a fine, must have been a fine, fine lady. Oh yeah, yep. She was. Uh, that was my Wonder Woman. There you go. We all need one of those, absolutely. And for anybody who wants to know more yeah. about Brian's background and his um, how how it is he came to to get involved with this and how Daisy inspired him. And, and helped him to be the man that he is. You can listen to um, listen to our past episode, and we'll actually um, make sure that there's a link provided when we post that tonight, so that you can have both shows together if you so desire. So last yeah, that was last a very very good on, conversation. It was phenomenal, and so I really only have one question tonight. Really, what do you want to talk about tonight? I want to leave the floor wide open for you because you do so much. So I, I just want out there for you to be able to speak your truth and just say whatever is in your heart and just, and we'll, we'll bounce off of that and we'll go from there. Okay. Uh, let's see. Let's talk about music this time. You know, that's that's where my head is All right, cool. now. Uh, I'm, I'm actually taking uh, a short break from um, my duties with Do Foundation to take care of this music project that's been in the making for about six years now. Uh, the Daisy CD, which was my last project, that happened seven years ago and was released, you know, a year after that. So six years ago was the last time I did music. So now my head is all wrapped around. Uh, all these songs that I'm uh, writing and composing and recording, I've been uh, eating, sleeping, and drinking in my recording studio for the past two or three weeks. And uh, I'd say I got another month to go, and I should have this project done. So I'm looking at a early fall release date. Now, this is this project for some of my current fans that are listening in. 
it's not smooth jazz anymore. I've actually kind of graduated to a different style, <laughs> if you will. Um, I'm not going to say what the style is. I'd rather people just listen to it and, you know, call it what they want to call it. I just call it music for now. Uh, one of the major differences from the last project is the last CD had maybe two songs that had lyrics. Well, the new CD has almost every song they're singing and lyrics. So very different for me from what people uh, expect from it. Excited. Looking forward to it. So, it finish. so what inspired your shift? Um, because I'm, it's interesting that you, you bring this up because as, as a writer, I've can go back and look at my books and and see the crazy progression from book one to book two to book three and and the writing styles from book one to book three are like not even the same. It's like not even the same person. So is it just life experience and your own personal growth that has created the shift in in how you're creating your music? No, I wouldn't call it that. I wouldn't call it a shift. Um, This is stuff that I've had in me since... I first started playing music as a kid. Uh, it, it appears to be a shift because fans are used to one way. I said my first two CDs turned out to be smooth jazz, but I actually had all these different styles inside me. Uh, I just decided it's just time to put that out now. So I don't feel like it was, you know, like I'm really shifting personally. It's just time to You're just showing put out the music facet. that I've been doing for many okay. years. Yeah, it's yeah, it's just another side of me. Um, you know, I consider myself a, a musician. And I don't put a label in front of that and call myself a jazz musician or a jazz pianist. Uh, so I can play it all: gospel, rock, bluegrass, funky stuff, R&B, classical. You know, it doesn't matter. I'll play it. It's music. Uh, the the thing about the music industry is, whatever you do first. You know, say you play every style under the sun. But if your first project is more popish, well, then you're labeled a pop artist. And then, you know, your fans may come to ex- always expect pop music from you. And if you don't do pop, you may lose fans or you may gain new fans. Uh, the radio stations and the music industry kind of dictates that to a lot of artists. Uh, I may submit for a record deal at the age of 18 and you know, my first demo tracks may be R&B, but really I'm a gospel singer. So give me a record deal as an R&B singer, but under a record contract, now you have to always do R&B. And they won't allow you to do the other styles unless you break contract or renegotiate a contract. Most artists get stuck. And again, there are artists who only do one style, and they specialize in one style, and that's more natural for them. So with my next project, I'm just saying, you know, there's other sides to me, and, and that's what they're going to hear now. It's a different side of Brian O'Neill. Big enough to encompass more than just now, some pigeonhole labor, label. Right. So now I have two questions. Yeah, and actually being in the, in the, <laughs> in the food kind of jazz... Uh, um, no, go ahead. I, well, I'm, I don't know, do, do you... St- think that I'm going to ask it's kind of a two-part question so do you think that this labeling in the past by um by the people who are in power 
<laughs> the record labels, the label stuff. Do you think that stifles an artist's creativity and growth? And and bouncing off of that question, how does the independent music industry now, thanks to this amazing thing that we have called the internet and technology, is that shifting people's perceptions of that ability to divert? Because I, I've noticed even when I'm talking to music with my daughter, she'll say this band and and then she'll play something from their latest, whatever they've released. And it doesn't even sound like the same thing. And, and she says, you know, it's so cool now that, that these musicians are going so far out of their regular norm. Like they're going so far out of the box. And it, she thinks it's really cool that, that musicians are doing that. But back in the day, they didn't really. Like you said, it's not something that that was done. Well, the advent of the Internet uh, is a plus for all music fans, uh, I think, because it allows us to hear some of the things we normally wouldn't hear that are dictated from uh, record labels and and radio stations. Uh, Musicians love it because we can... You don't need a record deal. If I want, you know, a few hundred thousand people to hear some new idea that I have that doesn't fall in a particular genre, uh, you put it on the Internet, and everyone that logs in can hear your music. And with most musicians, uh, that's all we want. You know, we, we're we're in this business. We're in the craft. Uh, we, we master our instruments and our craft uh, for the sole purpose of people listening and liking it, not so much being rich and famous. You know, there's a lot of young kids that may see uh, some of their idols and say, I want to be just like that. I want to be rich. I want to be in a limo. I want to have all those girls. I want to make music videos. But deep down inside, true artists, they don't care much about that. And I think that's where they came up with that starving artist phrase. Uh, You know, I'm willing to go to be poor and not ever make money from music as long as people listen to it and enjoy it. I'm happy. I've always I've always told my uh friends, family, my my goddaughter has expressed an interest in music, uh but she's also has interest in writing and she also has interest in artwork. Um and I've always told them I said, you know, you you want to say I'm a musician, then you're doing it in the backyard whether anybody ever hears it, you're doing it because it just comes out of you. That's yeah, a musician. <clears throat> yeah, me. and it feels good. It, it feels good. Those are people who are true to their craft. And uh, we do have some people who get into the industry just for the fame and the and the fortune. Uh, the sad thing about that is some of those guys that get into the fame and fortune will have some of the crappiest music and get these small record deals and these these business moguls and, and the music industry will take. They can take the worst song on the planet that's just like a joke. And if they play it enough, it automatically becomes a hit. The artist makes millions. The record label makes millions. It's almost like a factory. They, they've they got a formula to take anyone and make them a star so that they make tons and tons of money. The sad thing about it is that they actually condition the public to really like a lot of things that, personally, I think that it's almost an insult to us real musicians, You know, especially when you hear a song that just has a drum machine in it and some really goofy lyric, and they push it to be a number one hit. Now all the kids that hear that, they want to do music like that. 
you know, with a computer and what, you know, what? no no real instruments and uh it's like, Oh yeah, I can do that. Let me go get my mom to buy me a computer and a little drum sequencer and I wanna make a hit song like that and make a million dollars and have all the girls and all the money. And that's and the sad part. What about this thing that they've come up with now, this auto tune thing that they can run people's voices through? You don't oh, even yeah. have to sing. Anyone well. can sound good. <laughs> yeah, anyone can sound good. But you know, we we can never avoid uh, technology. Uh, technology is going to continue to grow. Uh, I, I predict that in the next ten to twenty years, you can put electrodes to your brain and think of a song, and it does it for you. I'm sure that's that's in the works right now. Uh, but there's there's people who will know the difference and still appreciate. It. You know the the true art of music. People that human beings that actually sit down and have to think about it and actually create it. You know, it's more organic that way instead of out of a box. And, I, I and while technology the, uh, might be dividing, cool. you know, it's, it's like technology is kind of separating the men from the boys in in all industries, um, not just music, mm-hmm. but even as an author. I mean, if you're if you're say the same thing about writing as Rick told his niece about about music. If you write because mm-hmm. it makes you feel better to write, you're a writer and that's it. I mean, you, you, nobody's going to take that away from you. So just write and it doesn't right. matter if anybody ever reads it or not. But that's it's, it's in you to express and that's who you are. And it's really, as far as that independent um, independent publishing and independent um, producing of music goes, it's really separating the men from the boys. Because if you really love, like really love what you do, then you're going to succeed. And when I say succeed, I mean you're going to continue able to do what you love and maybe not make the million dollars, but at least have a happy life doing it. That to me is success. Right. So if you're passionate about it, this technology has allowed us to be able to do that. And it's given the power, like you said, back into the consumer. This is, I mean, the people that are listening to it, they can decide now whether they like it or not. And it doesn't matter what the radio station tells them they should like. Because there's infinite, infinite choice out the internet as far as different genres and artists and and i mean it's crazy what you can find if you're looking for it and now people can choose well that's yeah for the most part that's true but there there's a few demographics that we uh forget about that's the older generation the 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 bulk of the people that don't go to the internet or don't know how to go to the internet for music and still depend on radio uh like my parents (laughs) My parents will not get on the Internet to listen to any music. They pull out their old records, their old tapes, or they'll turn on the radio. Uh, And I told my mom, hey, have you heard the new song by so-and-so, who happens to be an Internet sensation? Uh, They have no idea who I'm talking about. I'm like, come on, you haven't heard that? They play it to Well, it's not on the radio, so they don't know about it. So um, when my parents have, you know, their little dinner parties and, and I'm invited, I'll ask their friends the same thing, and, and almost all of them say, no, they don't go to the Internet for their music. Um, it even shows in some of my, my record sales. My, my last CD was mostly published online. All of my sales took place online. I think I sold maybe a 1,000 physical CDs. Uh, 
all of my internet friends, they have all of those downloads. They play the songs all the time. Uh, I get the stats every week still, and those songs are still being played thousands of times. Uh, but the older generation, like I said, or the people who don't get on the Internet or people who don't have access to the Internet, they have no idea what's going on out there. So hopefully the world will catch up. I know uh, Bill Gates is talking about having a, a PC in every household, so uh, I hope they work towards that, you know, real quick. Well, that'd be nice. And I, and I noticed, like, even even when you're when you talk about TV in the household, I mean, the the networks are now they do commercials on on having the internet connected to your TV. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's 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 definitely moving that in that direction. The computer, yeah. the internet, it's an integral part of our education system now. It's um, so it's really only a matter of time, and I guess we're kind of teetering on the brink of that, and, and kind of we're in between the old and the new. But I think that's a really good place to be because now we can kind of stand back from both the old and the new and look and see what works in both scenarios and utilize that. Yeah. So it's I think it was a, it must be an amazing, exciting time to be a musician right now because yeah, it is. Yeah, it's there a different are a avenues. lot of advantages. In the- yeah, there's there's a few disadvantages, but for the most part, it's more uh, advantageous to be a musician nowadays. I would love to go back to the old days where, you know, if you just play well, if you study your instrument, you know your stuff, and someone heard you, it was easier to get radio play or a record deal. Nowadays, that's unheard of. You know, you can you can forever be a basement artist, which is okay with a lot of us. But for those who are trying to go a little bit further, um, because of the old style, the old business model is a little bit different. Uh, it's a matter of just learning some the new business rules and uh, I know picking up a few marketing skills because that's what it really takes, you know, nowadays. It's all about marketing. Rick would know all about that. Yeah, <laughs> He's I, I do so a bit much of that research myself. on that. Just Marketing the show, and so I understand. Yeah, but it is. You really have to be multi-talented. Go ahead, Rick. Sorry. Yeah, no, it's okay. I think we're having a little time delay between our two Skype connections because we're having a little that tonight. But um, it it is, I think, uh, allowing. You know, like like Jean's daughter, uh, my goddaughter. They're very uh, selective about their music, and they talk about the uh, the musicians themselves and what they're doing. And and it's, oddly enough, at least with my goddaughter, it's fairly simple music that she likes to listen to. Not a lot of uh, you know computerized this, that, and the other. And uh, uh, but again, it's stuff, and I've listened to, I've started listening to some of the artists she likes because they're, I think they're good. Um, yeah. But, but like you said, it's, uh, I think they could just go grab anybody off the road, and put them in a studio with enough equipment, and a, and really good engineers and that sort of thing, and 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 then use their contracts with radio stations to demand airplay, airtime, and and. 
make a hit record out of nowhere, just out of the thin air. And um, and that's a shame because yeah. there's really talented artists out there that were being shut out, and and they're, the internet is sort of helping uh, give them that opportunity that was denied them for a while. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Uh, I some have called it the democratization of music, or uh, and and you know it's, again it's a bunch of labels and terms, and I don't know that we need all of that, but I. I I like it when it is empowering both to the artist and the and the listener, and and that's what I think is cool what's about it, it. I think what's interesting too is that you see a lot of independent stations popping up, which I find really cool because the, the big networks don't have, you know, I mean they don't have a monopoly um, as technology advances more and more independent producers and stations are popping up all over the place. And they're, quite frankly, playing mm-hmm. whatever they want to play. And and that's right. awesome when you want to play artist as well. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's that's exciting to me that that so it's not just it's not just the musicians that are benefiting from this, but it's also the the producers, the business minded people behind the scenes and the technicians that are getting an opportunity from this to not just forward their own personal career, but to do it in a way that they're most comfortable with without adhering to somebody else's expectations, guidelines, and and hoo-ha, which I think is absolutely awesome. So, I mean, it's opening up avenues for DJs, for, you know, like us, the blog talk and the talk show. Yeah, I was going to say, two crazy people to get together and start a talk show. (laughs) It would be crazy. Oh, wait. Yeah, I've embraced the internet uh, as a musician. Even uh, with my old school background, I've uh, definitely embraced the new technology, and I just try to take full advantage of you know what's available as far as technology. Uh, but it still goes back to you, you still need to uh, talk to your fan base, get involved, still get out and do things in public. Uh, you, you can't exist only on the computer if you're looking to, to further your music career. You know, there are some people who are quite successful um, just living behind a computer, you know, being a musician, but they never go out in public. They don't perform live. They just write really good music and put it on the Internet. And they actually get paid for it. Uh, but like I said, I'm still from the old school. I'm, I'm a true musician where... Not only do I compose the songs, but I actually play most of the instruments on there, so I really like to play. And the best time to play is not just when you're practicing, but in front of people, (laughs) in front of lots of people. That's that's what I like. So performance is like the other 40% of, you know, my whole music career. You've got to get out there and play. And when you perform live, no matter what the song is, when you do it live, it's just there's a, a whole different feeling of the same song when you just doing it right there in front of people in real time. It's no better feeling. And any musician who's listening to me now uh, would definitely agree. Nothing like playing your own stuff live. You know, real live ears listening. Real live oohs and ahs and applause. And uh, definitely yeah. still definitely still a big place in the, in the music business for band and driving up and down the highway to all the little hole-in-the-wall spots and playing. And uh, mm-hmm. 
and the internet too can help with even with that because there may there, there may be a fan in that town that whereas used to you nobody'd ever heard of you and it was you know it was some of those times when you finish a song and it sounded like crickets were the only noise in the room and you're like uh oh <laughs> most musicians I think have faced that as well. Yeah, I've done that before too, you know. That's that's something. But still, you know, I was still a happy guy, even though there was like five people in the audience. And, and here's a weird thing. You know, I tell a lot of people that when I do perform in front of lots of uh, large crowds, a lot of fans will say, don't you get nervous? All those people out there and they're listening. What if you mess up? And isn't that really tough to play for all those people? And it's quite the opposite. If there's an ocean of people out there playing for, I'm more comfortable. If I had to play for like 10 people in a room, oh, my gosh, <laughs> that's stressful. That's very stressful. It's really weird and hard to explain, but it's like you know those ten ears are listening and, and those eyes are watching you so close that uh, you feel like there's a, a big blanket on top of you, kind of nerve-wracking. Yeah, yeah, because it's, it's, you know, you can see them, they can see you, <laughs> you know. Right. <laughs> big, big crowd, you just you make eye contact with the crowd. You're just looking out there in the ocean of people. But, right. you know, yep. five folks show up, it's like, uh-oh, this is either going to be really good or really bad. <laughs> well, all this talk about uh, your music, maybe we should play some. I think we have a couple of tracks. And uh, let's see. Okay. I don't even remember what we played last time, so we just will ignore that. And, uh, uh, and play... Well, I don't know. We've got, uh, tell us a little about Dreams in Color, if you will. Because we, we don't have the new stuff. We're not letting any of that out of the box yet. Yeah, plus it's not done. And I've got them in uh, demo form right now, and uh, a lot of tweaking and a lot of sprucing up we got to do. Dreams in Color, uh, that was done a few years ago. It's not on any particular CD. It was released as just... Here's a piece of me, internet, have it. Uh, but it was written around an experience um, of me being on the streets as a homeless person when I, when I posed as a homeless person. Uh, but let me backtrack. The idea originally came from a friend that's online, and her grandchild had passed away. And uh, I dedicated the first idea of that song to her and to her late granddaughter. Um then it took on a new life because uh, that was right in the midst of starting Do Foundation and me going out on the streets posing as a homeless person to get the experience before I opened my doors. And uh, I actually filmed a lot of things that I did on the streets as a homeless person, and that went into the video and it also inspired, you know, little pieces of, of the song. So, dual-purpose song. It's a little bit about homelessness and sadness. At the same time, it's kind of... Uh, Rejoicing uh, a life that passed by an, ex, uh, an old friend that's on the internet. So, I usually don't like to give too much of a description yeah. like, for people to look into it first, and then you know, you tell me how it made you feel. Oh, now there's an there's an artist for you. What does it do for What does it do for you? I know what it right. did for me. <laughs> And, uh, but I will, I, I will just, uh, you know, for those listeners, we've got a number in the chat room tonight, and and uh, of course we'll have 
uh, bazillions listening to the podcast. Uh, if you missed the first interview we had, the first chat that we had, be sure and catch that because, you know, there's a lot of places that people that would just open up shop and decide what homeless people need. And uh, rather than do that, our amazing uh, friend Brian uh, went out on the streets and, and lived with them and lived the life. And you can't quite, you know, you said in that show that you couldn't quite match the desperation because you knew in a couple of weeks you were going home. But right. uh, but nonetheless, uh, big kudos to you for having taken that effort. That's uh, that's yeah. pretty amazing stuff. So uh, we'll have some dreams in color. You all enjoy, and uh, we'll be right back with more uh, amazing conversation. Stay with us.
All right, that was Dreams in Color from tonight's guest, Brian O'Neill. Amazing stuff. So how did that make you feel? <laughs> introspective. That would be the word yeah. I would use. It's calm and introspective. Yeah, definitely makes you think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it apparently impressed Jean Stoggs because they're uh, giving her a little serenade, so she's on mute at the moment. It's kind enough to spare us sometimes of the dogs. I, I kind of like to hear from them now and again. My little one is is asleep in her bed. There's thunderstorms in the area. She hates that, so she's kind of oh. she's kind of hiding from the lightning and thunder. Oh. <clears throat> I've gotten a dog also since we last spoke. Um, I picked up and rescued a little golden retriever slash uh, pit bull, and I named him Bruce Lee. Oh. Bruce Lee. Yes, he is my little buddy, smartest little dog on the planet. Love him to death. Aww. My new inspiration. Aww. That's just awesome. Listen to her. You got Jane for so life awesome. if you didn't have her before, which you did. But yeah, We totally. always encourage people yeah, to rescue dogs. Pretty much from the first five minutes of the first interview. Uh, um, that song... Wow. At first, I was kind of like it. It made me think of. It made me think of, oddly enough, of the ocean um, and the, and the power in the ocean and how it can be so smooth at times and so 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 unpredictable and powerful at other times. But then I kind of got the sense of, and maybe that was from the ocean idea but I got this sense of overcoming something through the song like it was very calming but it was calming and then it was kind of this crescendo of celebration yeah and and I don't know if that makes sense to anybody listening um, but (laughs) that's what I love about doing uh music without lyrics or without singing, it gives the listener space to think of what they want to think, uh, feel the way they want to feel, as as opposed to being dictated, you know, hey, I miss my baby, you broke my heart, I love you, honey, sweetie, uh, whatever the lyrics, you know, imply. Uh, and with uh, instrumentals, um, I'm able to let the instruments speak. Believe it or not, to me, in every song, every piece of music, every instrument is saying something different. They all come together and, and portray, you know, a message. Uh, I'm really sad that, um, for the most part, public schools don't offer like music appreciation anymore. Kids are not being taught how to listen to music, you know, what to listen for. Nowadays, it's just if there's a cool chorus or a hook in a song, that's what they latch on to, and all they hear is what the person is saying. They don't hear all those instruments that are going on back there that are saying something, you know, to enhance what the vocalist is saying, and they can't appreciate it. So that's that's the sad part about, you know, the generation nowadays. They just, they don't get it. And a lot of times they really won't get it. And, and I've tested a lot of young people, even some old people. Like in my recording studio, I'm able to play a song for them that has singing and lyrics in it, and they'll, they'll either like it or not. 
and I'll play the song again without the words, without the singing. And to them, they're like, what? What am I listening to? I don't hear anything. What do you mean you don't hear anything? There's like eight different instruments going on right now. And to it's them, busy in there. they just don't. Yeah, they don't get it. If there's if no one's singing and saying anything, they don't get it. And that's that's disheartening. Yeah, that's musicians. <laughs> it is a huge loss not having music, art, um, and and like you said, music appreciation separate just from you know let's all get in here and sing out of tune in kindergarten or something because right. so many times even like you say in songs in vocal mostly vocal songs there maybe there's an interplay between the vocalist and the bassist or and, and it, if you're not noticing that it just gets lost and uh mm-hmm. it's a real shame it's a real shame and something that i think uh for all those we the people out there that are listening uh, needs a little uh changing and tweaking perhaps <laughs> Now, does that change the dynamic for you, Brian, when you're playing as as a musician who plays a lot of instrumental music without lyrics? Does that change the dynamic of the interplay between you and the audience when you're playing with a live audience? Because I, I've talked to musicians before who, who, and of course, I mean, doing the show even, we've picked up on the idea, depending on who your listeners are and the energy that's being bounced back and forth, um, the content of the music or the message of the music can actually shift and change depending on the audience mood. So does that happen more with instrumental music? Um, Possibly, but with, with me, it really doesn't or I don't notice it because when I perform somewhere, people are coming to see me. They're coming to hear the songs that they know me to do. So it's expected. Um, new fans that show up that have never heard of me and they're they're out there, I can tell who they are because they're, you know, by the second or third song, they're they're waiting for someone to start singing. <laughs> they're looking at me like, aren't you going to sing? You know, and usually I have a microphone at my piano or my keyboards and they're waiting for me to sing, but I'm not a singer. I use the, the microphone to introduce the guys in the band uh, interact with the audience in between songs, but not a singer. So those people are, are easy to spot because they just have that look on their face like, oh, man, nobody's singing. And if you take it a step above that, um, you know, people really love singers. You know, that's what they listen to. Their ears are tuned for vocals and words. Uh, the next step would be a saxophone. Yeah, especially in the jazz arena or anything close to jazz, smooth jazz, easy listening, all that, uh, they're expecting to see a sax player, a horn player. You know, it's considered a very expressive instrument. Uh, the next best thing to vocals is, you know, sax is what they say. Sometimes I travel with a sax player. Most times I try not to <laughs> because that's what, you know, those average listeners who don't know better, that's what they're looking for the most. And I'm really trying to educate people to, to appreciate Everything else that's in the music, you know, maybe there is a song that doesn't have a, a lead instrument. Maybe it's a collaboration of, of all of us collectively that's creating that melody or the the entire mode and tone of the song is a collective thing with all the instruments on the stage, minus a vocalist, minus a sax player. Right. So it, that, that does make my job a little harder, but there is a fan base for that, and those people do come and appreciate what I do live. 
but again, like I said in the beginning of uh, the interview, this next CD is geared more towards, you know, the people who expect, um, you know, those lead vocals. Yeah, if you're waiting for some singing, it's, it's coming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, it's coming on the next project. Uh, right. But uh, all of the writing that I'm doing and the collaboration that I'm doing with some of the other lyricists, uh, first thing I tell them is, you are not to write about love. I don't want to hear the words, baby, honey, you broke my heart. Uh, all the stuff that you hear all the time. I'd rather you write about something very different. It can relate to a relationship. It could be about a relationship, but minus certain keywords. It's hard to explain, and I don't want to explain anymore. Yeah, uh, yeah. And you guys will be one of the first people to, to get the new stuff, and uh, awesome. you'll see what I'm talking about. Awesome. Yeah, but yeah, it is. It's uh, the yeah. release. <laughs> yeah, big release party and stuff because it's uh, sounds like it's going to be an amazing project. Of course, I I find music to be amazing, but I was one of those crazy kids. I went to private school and we had music class, and uh, mm-hmm. and and it wasn't all just about making music. It's uh, people think you know oh, music class. That's my kid's not musically inclined, but that's not necessarily. It's not always just about the making of the music. There is there is a little something, just like there is to reading and learning about foreshadowing and things. It, 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 there's, it, it, there's a critical or a, an active way, critical is maybe a bad word, an active way to listen to music. And right. um, I think it's one reason classical is lost on so many people. Is because unless right. there's a lead violin solo or a flautist or something, they're like, "What? It's noise," and it's not. It's not. Right. And you said that word correctly. I'm happy to hear that. A lot of people say flutist. Oh yes, it's no. flautist. It's a yeah. flautist that yeah. plays a. Flute. So you know your stuff. You know your stuff. Very good. Well, we try. That's right. Let's make his head swell up a little more. <laughs> Making Jane's life easy on her that way. That's great. Yeah. Gives me more to bash. Awesome. <laughs> I I agree. Um, I wish I wish even when I went to school that there was more focus on on the appreciation. Now I do have to give credit to to our high school um, music teacher who made it available for us to go see classical music live and to go to things like Phantom of the Opera and then, and you know, not just mainstream music, but made that available to us. However, she had to do it in an extracurricular manner because it just wasn't part of the curriculum, which is really sad to think that because if you can get music on an instrumental level, then you can get music is the way I look at it. And and a good musician should be able to take you places just with their instrument. They shouldn't need to have the words, um, and and I wish I wish that we you know see more of that in our education system because I, I think it's I think it's a huge loss for our younger people. 
I really do. Oh, but, it again, the Internet might change that, you know? Yeah, I think it has. So, it definitely I'm, has. And the Brian O'Neills of the world that are that are out there with some uh, uh, educational music, perhaps, purposely leaving out the saxophonist and the uh, <laughs> vocalist. It's like, hmm, yeah, see if you can find something in here. Gonna, <laughs> yeah, my sax friends are going to be kind of upset with me on this project, but my little know. funny email. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're good guys, though. I, I'm sure they understand. They know I'm a little bit different. I'm kind of an out-of-the-box kind of guy. And, and that's awesome. And I, I think I really like the idea that there's certain words that you're not allowing into the lyrics, too, because yeah. they're overused, first of all. They're abused. Yeah, they are. You know, and you, you I turn on the radio it, or just... Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. No, <laughs> no. I was just no, going to say that it's um, a tr- true emotion should should just exude from the notes. I I don't think you need the words to get that emotion across. A good musician should be able to do it just with the notes. That's all I wanted to say. Uh, yeah, and they can. It's it's the 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 listeners that don't all get it. Um, every musician knows that. Uh, everything they do has meaning to it, you know, without words. It's from their instrument. But how does that come across to the average listener? And we all know that, okay, i got to put some words to this or people really won't understand. And that's not to, to knock lyricists and, and songs with lyrics. There's tons of those that I like. I just think that the the world needs to open their ears to all of it and accept it all, as opposed to just taking only... The singing songs to be considered hits, and we'll push those, and we'll use that, and we'll use this, and you know, if you're singing, that'll be a big thing. If you're not singing, you can only go this far. You know, I've heard that many times in my career from uh, music industry people. Brian, we love you. We love your music, but you know, you can go much further if you have a singer. And then when I stopped hearing that, I started hearing, well, you know, if you had a sax player, <laughs> that song would be so much better. It's like, yeah, yeah. Just because you said that, I'm definitely not going to have a sax now. <laughs> <laughs> it's, well, it's, it's really interesting that you. Sorry. Oh, it's, the, <laughs> it's that time shift thing. Time's a funny thing, but uh, I, I think Gene will understand from the writer's standpoint. There's a lot of people in in publishing and that sort of thing that would say, you know, listen, you need to. You need to simplify this just a little bit because the average reader, and I've not ever met average reader and average listener. I, I've been introduced to thousands of people in my life, never met anybody named average. And and why should we why should we tailor art to the lowest common denominator? To me, that makes it not art. That makes it a well. It's manufactured the, if you think thing. about it. The, the industry made people average. Think about that. And, and uh, here's an example. Uh, and I'm thinking of a particular song. This is back in the late 80s. Uh, it was the dumbest song. It had two instruments in it that played very corny parts. But the guy that was singing wasn't a singer. He did it as a joke. Uh, I think the hook was just like one silly word. Uh, and it was really dumb. I heard The first time I heard it, it was like, 
you're kidding me. How did this guy get on the radio? Well, people thought it was so hilarious that the record labels and the radio stations decided to play the doggone song 20 times a day, every day for like a month. It was the number one song for like a half a year. This guy was an overnight sensation, internet, or not internet, but interviews and, and on the front of the papers and, and things like that. And ever since that song came out, I noticed that a lot of people preferred simple songs like that. So the radio station thought that they found the formula. Like, oh, this goofy song, this guy who can't sing, we pushed it to death, we made millions. Hey, let's find another kid and do the same thing. And starting in the late 80s, early 90s, they started pushing out this stuff, more simple songs, and it just developed the the average, or it developed listeners to look for that. So now they don't tune into all the fancy instruments, a guitar solo, a bridge, and a chorus, and a and the verse, and a you know the C section of a song. It's all about simple. Don't change the music. Just give me one constant beat and keep saying the same words and phrases over and over, and that's my jam. I want to hear that. They're programmed to enjoy that because the radio stations play it all the time. I've witnessed that so many times uh, and actually tested it on people myself, songs that I had the advantage of hearing first that weren't released to the public. I'd bring people over to my house and say, here, listen to this. It's not me, someone else, but listen to this. Tell me if you like it. All of, everyone in the room would say, oh, my gosh, that's crappy. That's garbage. Turn that off. A month or two later, that song is a hit worldwide. And those same people that first said that they didn't like it, now they like it because everyone else likes it, because all the radio stations play it, because it's been pounded into their head. They're used to hearing it. People nowadays think it's a hit song if it's played all day, every day, so it must be a hit song. No. It's because the record labels and the radio stations are pushing it to make the money and forcing you to like it. Or they're, you know, trying to condition you to like that. And people don't notice a lot of times that, you know, okay, well, this is a clear channel communications radio station. And, well, and you check it out. Those people also run concert tours, and they also Mm -hmm. have artists. And so it's become a conglomerate machine. And, and a cooperative right. thing, and it, it is. It's almost like they're looking for the latest earworm, something they can get stuck in your head, so that you're it's bum 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 in your head all day, so that you'll oh yeah, I want to hear that again or whatever. Yeah, it's just odd. Well, they also but, have the power to they also have the power to take anything, even if it's nothing that's catchy, and if they play it enough, it, it does become a hit. And there were a couple of companies that did surveys and did this testing psychology. Uh, psychological-wise, with the radio station and listeners. And uh, uh, I wish I could find a link to some of these tests. But it, it's amazingly true that you can take what most people would consider the crappiest thing that they've ever heard, and if you play it enough, and maybe have one of your buddies just walk up and say, oh, man, I love that song. It's great. And let him play it. You're kind of more than likely going to end up saying, okay, it's not that bad. Okay, I'm used to it. Yeah, it's not that bad. And don't let them put it in a movie, especially. Oh, for heaven's sakes! Yeah. Then with it really a, takes with off. a big star's and face, and yeah. Yeah, and if you break it down and you go back to the song, you sit the person down and say, "Now, do you really, really like that song?" You know, you'd be surprised at the answer. They still say yeah because they're still kind of brainwashed. That's um, that's frustrating, you know, as an artist that the business model is, is kind of set up that way that you know labels are are able to get away with that. 
and and it's really sad that people fall for it. I think there's less people that fall for that today than they did in the past. Yeah, Seems like the new generation of kids they they like what they like. I mean, they like the, the, the popular stuff. Too. Helping. That, like you see, yeah. like we were saying, the the proliferation of the internet and the fact that. And and artists that are getting on there, and like you said, or or even if they're doing it through the net at first, are, are making some sort of a connection with their audience, uh, so that they become more than just, you know, a face on an album cover or CD cover. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. But at all this music talk, uh, I think that we should uh, uh, squeeze in another song, and then we do have a caller that has their hand up, so. We might even be bold enough when we get back from this song to take a question, if you're willing to take that. Yeah, um, sure. But we have Room to Breathe Again, uh, which is another of your songs that I really enjoy. And you want to say anything about it, or shall we play it and see what people think? Now it's confused. I think you played it last time, and I have two versions of this. There's one with vocals, and there's one without Ah. Is this one with the girl that's singing? I believe so. Shall we play... I also have Mesmerized. Shall we play that instead for folks? Yeah, let's play that one. Let's play that one, because I think you're right. I think we did Room to Breathe again last time. So we'll do Mesmerized, and uh, um, maybe we'll be Mesmerized. I'll try to wake up so I can speak again after the song. (laughs) (laughs) Anything you'd like to tell people in advance about Mesmerized, or shall we just let them have it? um, Let's let them have it, and then you guys tell me uh, what you thought of the song. Awesome. So, Brian O'Neill with uh, Mesmerized, and uh, stay with us. We'll be back with more talk. Thank you. 
All right, that was mesmerized from tonight's guest, Brian O'Neill. How'd that make you feel, Jean? <laughs> it was a get out of your head and get back into your heart kind of song. Um, I think that would be one that I would listen to when I need to like take a step out of my worrying about inconsequential stuff. And just get back to being grateful and loving life. There's something about that song that just makes me want to go, yeah, you know what? Life's not that bad. Life's okay. And um, So, yeah, that's that was my first, like, automatic impression was get out of your head and get into your heart. Cool. Well, that's a good one. First time I've ever heard that one. It's always a joy to hear that someone got something out of it. You know, I definitely wasn't feeling that when I wrote it. <laughs> it's probably probably hard to pull new ones on you because you have lots of folks that have heard your stuff. So, good job, Gene. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that one, I don't know. That one, I would, I'd really like to be. I don't know. Um, it, it, it to me it was very uh, alive, very um, very. I, I don't know that I would call it mesmerizing uh, because yeah. it was. Um, I don't know, like uh, wind in the hair, driving down the Pacific Coast Highway with the top down, or or uh, I always see a sailboat when I have the wind in the hair thing because I'm. I spent a lot of time in the water, and and I love sailboats because you don't have to listen to the droning of an engine or anything. You just get to listen to gulls and ocean and music if you have it. And um, mm-hmm. and our dear friend Hawkeye in the chat room found it to be a chillin', relaxed, happy feeling song. Yeah, which cool. yeah, I would say that. And um, and and you probably had just you know what had a life tragedy is how you got that happy music. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, a lot of a lot of my songs, uh, I don't know where they come from. I'm asked that, you know, a lot. What were you thinking when you wrote this one? And my answer usually is, I don't think I was thinking. You know, it just it just comes out. That song. It was one of those days I walked into my studio, wasn't trying to write a song, wasn't thinking of anything in particular. When my hands touched the piano, that was like the first thing that came out. I played it a couple times, and I thought, hmm, let me do that again. I went back and added more instruments, and by the time the whole thing was over, and I, and I actually did the whole song in like 10 minutes, uh, from front to end, you know. Well, I'm sorry, let's just say 30 minutes to get it all recorded. Uh, and it just came out like that, and I listened to it and thought, hmm, okay, that's another one that I'll add to my catalog, um, and didn't give it much thought. It had no name, there was no... Nothing specific that I was writing about uh, until I let some other people listen to it. They just really loved it and uh, said that I should put it out on the internet. And this was back, put that song back when MySpace first started. I had a MySpace page. I didn't have music on it. Didn't have many friends. Not much attention. I was trying to learn MySpace. As soon as I put that song on there, I like immediately shot up to ten thousand fans, and they all commented on that song. They really loved it. So it was almost like the timing was right. A lot of people were saying, um, it's nice to hear some music that didn't have words in it. And it made ah. me feel good. 
So you mesmerized so, them a bit with it. That's cool. Yeah. Jean, Jean so is, that made me... Yeah. Uh, Jean's over there on mute because of the dogs again, and she is madly typing away in our back office <laughs> that I have to say, look, yeah, that's it. Get out of your head. Get into your heart. He wasn't thinking. See, 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 see. How cool was that? And I'm like going, really? I can't look at the control board in the chat room when you're typing on this thing because it comes up and pops in front of everybody. And... Um, and that and and Kelly in the uh, chat room has said it's the the simplicity of it the uh, uh, the that makes it mesmerizing. Uh, uh, and, uh, yeah. Uh, of course, I don't know. If you want to hear your music called simple, but it but it is sort of clean by comparison. To no, something simple is I good. Say. And uh, simple, yeah, simple, simple, simple has can its be place, the best thing know. sometimes. Yeah. So we yeah, do so have. We do have a couple of callers, if you're brave enough to uh, uh, take some questions from the audience. We'll uh, sure. we'll see yeah. what they have to say. So, uh, caller from area code 216, area code 216, do you have a question for Brian? And what's hi, your name? Br- hi, Brian, it's Ruby. Ruby D. Oh, hey, Ruby. How hey. are you? I know you. <laughs> yeah, you I am know good. Me. I'm I'm. <laughs> I'm working hard in the studio. That's why you haven't seen me online much. Uh, okay, okay. I was wondering what happened to you, but you know I've been keeping up. My oh, question, yeah. Ruby, my I question, know you. You keep up. <laughs> my question to you, you said that you were going to have, have singing on your new music that you have coming out? Yeah, Are any I'd of, say a good 80 85%. Really? Are any of the vocals going to be yours? I'll have to surprise you on that one. (laughs) 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 I'll definitely surprise you. Um, (laughs) I know a lot of people download the music, and when you download the music and hear it online, you don't see the credits. It's not like having the CD jacket where you can read. Uh, And I'm hoping to possibly fool a few people. You know, it may be me singing. Uh, uh, definitely have you wondering um, oh. And if you know my voice uh, You know You'll know it's me yeah. He's been quite I won't mysterious. be in the auto-tune Been quite mysterious about what is going to come on this thing Yeah I, I, Generated I've lots heard, of interest I've heard you Recite yeah. a little poetry But never heard you sing No You haven't heard me sing uh, Not many people have heard me sing But uh there are some guest vocalists on the CD, and uh, uh, you may or may not hear me on there. Either way, I hope you enjoy, you know, what well, you know say, I am. Uh, verbally and musically. Yeah, and I wanted to touch on yeah, mesmerize. Mesmerize for me, you mesmerize me. You know that. <laughs> and Kalamazoo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love it. I yeah. remember and no words necessary is one of my favorites too. Uh, you know that's one of my favorites too. It it didn't take off. I guess people didn't understand it as quite as well as I intended them to understand it. But that's one of my favorites from that CD. Mhm. Okay. It's well, I'm looking forward to the CD coming out, man. I really am. I am looking forward to it. What? I hope you can make it to the CD release party. It's going to be bigger than you can imagine. And my manager will kill me if I 
let the cat out of the bag on the details. <laughs> let's, let's just say it's it's going to be crazy big in crazy different cool. ways. Well, you got to yeah, let me cool, know. Crazy cool. you, you have to oh, let you, me know, know. It's going to because be I need time to it's travel, you know. Yeah, well, it's going to be advertised everywhere. You'll have plenty of time. Everyone will have plenty of time to uh, get the things together and, and get to Detroit. Okay, okay. I'm looking forward to it, man. You take Thank care, you. and God bless you. Yeah, and thanks so you, much. Ryan. See you too. Okay. Thanks so much for calling in tonight, Ms. Ruby. Thank you. Mm. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, Ruby. All right, so... There you go. Fans, see? Yep. Fans oh. are good. Fans are good. We like yeah, fans. And uh, it went right to the heart of the matter. Are you going to sing or not sing? I can't tell you. I, <laughs> and then, did you hear how careful he's been dancing around this subject? He hasn't really given us much of a clue. Uh, so right. we, we, do have, uh, we do have one more caller that has their hand up. So let's see, uh, let's see what they want to know. Uh, caller from area code 407. 407, what's your name and what's your question for Brian? My name is Rod, and um, Brian, I'm a friend of uh, Francine Kelly's. I'm calling from Orlando. I don't know whether you know Francine or not. Of course I know Francine. Uh, and I've been, I think I, I remember getting I, a few emails from you. Yeah, I, I was about to say that I, I also called your 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 um, Do Foundation and left uh, some messages, and I also emailed you some things. And Francine just called me, in fact, and told me that I probably could catch you at this number right now. Oh, okay. Here I am. And, What's good and to hear so, from yeah, you? Yeah, I was. I remember yeah, a few I'm, of your emails. Yeah, I'm just um, uh, I, I'm just wondering, is there a way to talk to you about um, getting some assistance. I'm a I'm a I'm a 50 year veteran in the music business. Uh, you know, I've I, we, I've had some hard times and stuff, but I do. I my first album came out in 1979 down in Miami, um, and it was sampled by uh, De La Soul and by the Wu Tang Clan, and uh, so that was a couple of things I did. But I was wondering, is, is there any way to? I know you're so busy with touring and all kinds of other things. Is there any way to kind of nail you down to a time where I can talk to you about some some real business, maybe? Yep, there sure is, uh, and we can we can shoot for tomorrow. Um, and you've emailed me before. I have to. I, I, I apologize for not responding back when I saw your email. I think it was about a month ago. I get hundreds of emails yes. a day. And between myself and my assistant, we kind of try to weed through as much as we can, but we do miss some emails because there's just so many. Um, yeah. But yeah. you can email me again and put in the subject line, um, I don't know, I know your name now. Put Just put Rod in the subject line, and I'll set the filter to, to send that directly to my phone, so I'll be sure to get that. And then we can uh, we can talk from there, exchange numbers. And I, I, I um, she also sent me uh, some samples of your music, and I really enjoyed listening to a few of your songs that I heard. Oh, thank you. I'm glad you enjoy it. And I was in Detroit last last year. I, I actually performed at the Red Grape Lounge. 
you, you, you know where that is, right? That's downtown Detroit? Uh, the Red Grape? No. Um, and, and to be honest well, I, with you, I rarely perform in Detroit. <laughs> I, I perform oh, okay, everywhere well. else in the country and maybe once or twice in Detroit. Yeah. Well, that answers that, 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 well, answers that so question. You've, you've been, yeah, so you've been here before. Cool. So you won't forget about the email tomorrow. So in the subject line, just put your name, Rod. And so which email address should I email you at now? Uh, you can email me at, at brian at dofoundation.net. Okay, got it, brian at dofoundation. Well, listen, thanks so much for your time, and uh, it's good to finally hear your voice. Huh. Okay, well, thanks. And we shall uh, and I will, we'll chat tomorrow. Send, send me your info. I will email and, you. Uh, we'll, yes. Okay, yeah, we'll get on the phone okay, tomorrow. And, and we'll, much, we'll talk. We'll... I'm sorry, say again? Hello? Oh, I think we might have lost the call. Oh, wow. And, and, and I was on mute and trying to just trying to relay all of that. So, um, oh, okay. Well, hopefully he'll he'll send the email and I can catch up with him. Uh, I hope so too. And, uh, yeah. What a gentleman. Well, I know Francine Kelly, the person he's referring to. So, well, we'll find each other. Oh yeah. Absolutely. I bet you will. All right. Well, we're we're fast approaching that uh, half half past the hour time that is our time. Uh, we want to be sure that everybody knows how to find your your websites and your Facebook pages. It's pretty simple. It's Brian O'Neill. Um, yep. And um, and and I've been popping in the chat room, of course, BrianO'Neill.com. Uh, leave out the apostrophe when you on the internet. Same thing with Rick O'Shields when it's in a website address. I know how that goes. The apostrophe can be hmm, fun when people spell things. Um, yeah, most computers don't like that. And uh, uh, Yeah, without the apostrophe. So it's just Brian O and N-E-A-L uh, dot com. Correct. And, um, and, of course, you can look up, just type Brian O'Neill Music on Facebook. And uh, and for this amazing work that you're doing with folks, that's at the Do Foundation. It's just D-O, Daisy O'Neill. Foundation. DOFoundation.net and uh, of course we'll have all those links on the archive that'll uh, go up this weekend that way we get sort of a double uh, a double pump of the uh, of the promo uh, we, we don't want to overwhelm people with your name but I want to overwhelm them with your genuineness and your and your caring and your and your artistry it's amazing stuff and uh, and I can tell greatly now why uh listening to you talk about music it's obvious that it is a deep deep passion uh yes it is i don't know it's, it's keeping me alive right now and we're grateful for it sir i All right, so Gene, we have uh, people coming. I think we have more people. We have so many cool people coming. What do we do? 
Did we lose Gene or me? Or uh, I'm still here. You said more people coming. Chat room? Uh, well, no, no. We're 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 right on our uh, half hour time. I was asking Gene about the uh, you know upcoming guests, but uh, let me find a calendar here. She may have. Huh. Uh, have the dogs going again. We have, we're going to have a tremendous show tomorrow night. Lou Emanuel is going to join us, uh, author and fellow radio show host. Jane was on her show. Now Lou's going to come uh, chat with us and do things our way. So we're looking forward to all of that. Um, and, uh, and of course, big stuff coming next week. We, we have uh, a couple of our past guests returning again. And, uh, and then we have a new uh, guest visiting us next Thursday. Uh, Simran Singh will be with us. Uh, and uh, uh, so that's going to be exciting. And uh, oh yeah, Jean's dropped completely off the line. I don't know, she may have lost her oh, boy. connection. Um, oh, that's not good. That's not good. It's hard for her to say good night. And uh, but I know that she would want to thank you again for sharing your time and your talent uh, with us and with the world. Um, amazing stuff that you're doing, both musically and in your uh, uh, philanthropic work. And uh, just a real blessing to. To everyone that you come across, I'm quite certain. Uh, yeah, certainly it's been a pleasure. I, I really love talking to you guys. It's uh, very laid back. It's easy to talk to you guys, and um, that's very professional. I like the questions. I like the topics we talk about. So very grateful for that. I thank you guys for taking the time out to let me run my mouth online, <laughs> express <laughs> my ideas, you know, on the music and and uh, everything that I'm doing. Uh, also, by the way, I want to. I want to say hello to my daughter. She's listening right now, eight-year-old uh, daughter. She's sitting in my recording studio right now, and I think she flagged at me and waved and said, Dad, say hi to me or something. So <laughs> I'm saying hi to my little munchkin, Brianna O'Neill, listening. Hey, Brianna. The recording Thanks for listening. So there you go, honey. You've been on the radio. <laughs> That's it. Heck, yeah. Come sometime and you can so, say hi to everybody else, and that'll be cool. Because yeah. we do, so when we you get Jean back, get away with that. Uh, oh, okay. Let me see if I can. Let me see if she's lost her internet, or if I can uh, pull her in just so she can say good night. Um, if it's the internet, I have the secret formula because I know her home phone number. <laughs> and uh, much like your upcoming project, we don't let all those details out. But let's see if I can. Well, you may hear some ringing. And hopefully Jean will answer and not her daughter. But we can talk to her daughter, too, if she answers. Okay, yeah. Jean? Yes? Hi. Brian really wants us to get you back on the line Hello. so that we can hear you and say goodnight and do all that good stuff. Yeah, Jean, thank you very much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's been a wonderful opportunity, and... uh I know we said in the last interview we'll stay in touch. Well, we're definitely going to do that. We have so much in common. So, again, thank you guys both. Love the show. Oh. Awesome. I'm, oh, I'm busy awesome. trying to thank him, and he's wanting to get a hold of you so he can thank us. So, look at that guy. An amazing yeah. human being. That's awesome. I, yeah. I can hardly hear you, though. The, the connection is breaking up really bad. Okay, well... He thinks you're awesome. <laughs> that. And um and I want to thank all of our listeners for joining us. Uh it's um 
just amazing the uh, number of you and how, how loyal you all have been. It's, it's just fantastic. And uh, so Jean's not here to do her line. I'll try to do it best I can. Uh, until next time, to our mother, to each other, and especially to yourselves, stay connected. Good night, everybody. Good night, guys. We hope you'll join us again next time. Until then, visit our website at everydayconnection.me. And please like our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash everydayconnection. Think you might miss an episode? No problem. Subscribe to our show on iTunes by searching for Everyday Connection Radio. Subscriptions are free, just like your Everyday Connection. the biggest question of your life the only question before that question how do you find the perfect ring to ask it with with the incredible selection of diamonds at jared and our price match guarantee you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love visit your local jared store today and dare to be devoted we promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer see jared.com slash price match for details So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life, the only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details.